Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good Thursday afternoon and welcome into Grant and Danny. January 25th, 2024. Thanks much for making the show part of your day. We got a good one planned for you. We've got two chances to win a pair of tickets to come out to see the 106.7 The Fan on stage Live event. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're giving those tickets away at 3 when we're joined by David Aldridge today. And at 6 when Mark Schlereth stops by. We'll talk to Aldridge about the Wizards making a change to their coaching staff. And we're going to be discussing Championship Sunday and two NFL games this weekend with Mark Schlereth. What's the Super Bowl matchup going to look like? Danny, how are you? What a weird day today. Like, is this the weirdest weather day you can imagine? This is basically like the beginning of a Stephen King novel. You know, where like he's setting the scene and it starts and it looks like this. You couldn't see 100 feet in front of you. If you've ever been sick, if you've ever had like a head cold, and your mom back in the day would get a humidifier in your room and all the windows would fog up, that's what it was like outside. What, what did, Remember, there was snow on the ground like 30 minutes ago. Now it's all evaporated and it's like I'm schwitzing. What a bizarre time. I had a... Thing happened to me today that has never happened to me. And I'm going to assume it probably hasn't happened to most of our listeners, hopefully. Ooh. But I have not told you this yet. Ryan is in the woods on this as well. Now, Darius, I did tell because I was on my way to work when this happened. I had to turn around, go home, change and shower, and get back in the car to come back to work. No, no, no. It's not what you think it is. Wait, Ryan. what? Ryan just started chuckling. No, 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 no. I don't need to start wearing diapers or anything. We're fine there. So, I'm on my way to work. Just delete these couple of jokes yeah. here. One second. I'm yep. on my way to work. I got to stop to get gas. Okay. Okay? As I pull up to the gas pump, I see that there's a trash can right next to my car. And I go, oh, okay. That, there's, it's one of these trash cans. Normally, you have the really small like opening where you can't really throw a lot of stuff away because you got the big plastic top. So I kind of like the look of this trash can. I'm like, I'm going to get all the trash out of my car, clean my car out a little bit. It's nice outside. It's not cold. Take the opportunity. We're sure. going to do this. Right. So I park a little further away from the pump than I traditionally would so that I, based on the doors, I'm in an area where I can kind of open and throw into the trash. I got you. While I'm pumping my gas. Uh, typically, I would pull my, you know, the, the the little door that swings open with the, the cap for gas, like right up on the nozzle. Didn't do that. I was a handful of feet further away. But it was still going to reach no problem. I go up. I touch all 11 buttons. I answer all the quiz questions. Yep. 
Uh, how old are you? Do you have a beard? What's the temperature outside? Do you like wings? If it's cold, I'm going to ask you more questions. You know, I have to answer these like 50 question questionnaires to be able to pump your gas. Well, the gas. Do you want a car wash? Have you ever gotten a car wash? I accidentally said yes once. Oh, it was such a to-do. What was your mother's maiden name? Yeah. I mean, so much crap. And the more comfortable it is outside, the fewer the questions. So you would think today I wouldn't have to deal with many questions, but I punched the buttons in, whatever. So I stretched the little nozzle out. A little tighter than I would like, but we get it there. I start pumping the gas, lock mm-hmm. it in, and I start to go about cleaning out the car. Somewhere along the process of taking something out of the car to throw away in the trash can, I guess I bump the nozzle. It is locked. Gas is flowing. It falls out of my car. It now falls on the ground. Gasoline spewing everywhere. Oh, my God. And because, I guess, it's it, the gas is coming out. You know how that works? Yeah. Like a hose, it like gets on its back and is spraying up in the air, essentially, next to my car. I make the weirdest noise in the world. I don't know what it was, but I'm going to assume it was something like this. Yeah! <laughs> like that. I start running like it's a snake. Like I'm hopping because I can't just jump at it and go through the gasoline that's you know, pooling up around sure. it. Sure. So I go, ah! But at a higher pitch than that. And then I, I like corner it like it's a snake, and I kind of like I, I don't have a choice. This is all in a span of a few seconds, but it felt like a minute. Oh yeah. And I'm like, my my first thought was, you can't get gasoline on you. That was my number one priority, mm-hmm. and I realized there's no other way. If if I'm ever going to stop this from spraying everywhere, I need to get some gasoline on me. So I kind of walk right in, like up on it where it's like spraying and the, it's pooling a bit, and I I grab like the that rubber hose, yeah, and it's all wet, and I just kind of pull it toward myself. Now the gas is facing away, the nozzle's going the other direction, and I turn it off. Now, if this was all on video, again, I would assume this was like four or five seconds. Like, you'd be a meme that my son laughs at when exactly. he's watching YouTube. You'd yeah. see me, like, hop weirdly, you'd see me make a noise, but it, it doesn't look that crazy. But it's the most unsettling, terrible thing that's happened in a while. And I am just, like, my heart went from... You know, whatever my normal blood pressure and heartbeat is to a lot higher than that. Sure. In a very short time. So I'm kind of freaking out. So I turn it off. And I immediately go, what do I do now? And I said, well, I got to finish pumping my gas. (laughs) So then I put it back in and I finished pumping my gas. Like nothing happened. Then, as I'm I'm done pumping my gas, I got to tell these guys in here what happened. Because they got to come out and put some kitty litter down or whatever. Now, luckily, it had been raining. The ground was already wet. So, like, you couldn't really, like, it wasn't obvious that a bunch of gas was everywhere. But I could tell you pretty confidently that a bunch of gas got out. Mm -hmm. So I go in there to tell this guy. And I'm, like, smelling gasoline. And I'm, like, is that because I'm at a gas station or do I smell like gasoline now? So I walk over to the the front door and I go in. And I say to the guy, I'm, like, hey, man. He's, like, hey. And I'm, like, I just spilled a bunch of gas because I had my thing locked and it fell out of my gas pump. Like it fell out. And I was like, Yeah, I, I bumped it and it fell. He's like, Did you park close enough to it? And I was like, it didn't seem like it in hindsight. He's like, You got to get closer. And I was like, I was trying to clean out my car. It's yeah, the whole thing. This is it. Mm. And I'm like, But just to be clear, sir, the gas got on the ground and whatever you have to do when that happens, you should do that. Yeah, you're burning like, the lead. You want me to go back in the, in the time <laughs> machine and repark? He's coaching yeah. me up like I, I've which, never gotten gas oh, before. Oh, man, that hurts. It's a little frustrating. Yeah. But also, I'm the jerk. Like, sure. You get to do whatever you want now. We're allowed to do that. So I said to him, I'm like, but whatever you have to do, I just I need this known. Like, 
there's gas on the ground out there more than should be. And he's like, it's fine. You're, you're fine. Like, go ahead. And I was like, all right. Now, in my mind, I'm going back to start my car. As soon as I start my car, it's going to be an explosion like a Michael Bay film. That's all I can think about. It's your Apollonia and the Godfather. So like, I'm sitting yeah. in my driver's seat now. I put all my windows down because it reeks of gasoline. I go to start my car, and I genuflect first. I'm like, here we go. I'm literally nervous that there's going to be an explosion, which is probably stupid. Someone smarter than me would be able to say that doesn't happen. But I'm just picturing somewhere there's like a little spark. They call it an ignition. Exactly. Right? I, I'm just, And I'm not picturing a small explosion. I just saw Beekeeper with Jason Statham. You know, I'm picturing a big explosion. Start my car. Nothing happens okay. except my car starts. Okay. I start driving away. I'm looking back. There's no flames. There's no nothing. It's just a ground. You can't even tell anyone was there. You're not like driving away from the explosion. Correct. You know, like, yeah. So I'm just calm. I'm like waiting for them to come out. So I wait there for a minute. Nobody comes out to do anything. I'm thinking they're going to come running out with kitty litter or newspapers or, or a something. hose to spray it and something. There was no urgency. A couple minutes go by. I'm still waiting there. I get out of my car. I wipe my shoes a lot because my shoes are slick and sliding around on my, you know, the, the bottom of my, um, like the little uh, the floor mats. There you go. Floor mats. Yeah, the Thank floor you. Matt Williams is. Still nothing. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to wait for these guys any longer to come out. It's not my, I told them what happened. It's right. now up to them to figure right. this out. So I start leaving, put all my windows down. As soon as I make the decision, I'm like, should I go home and change? I'm like, no, no gas really got on me. It's just on the bottom of my shoes. I'm fine. I start going down the road and I just smell gas so much. It, it's just a, it's not like that pleasant, a little bit of gas. It's like, I smell like gas. Mm-hmm. So I'm driving down the road and I'm like, one exit up, two exit ups. So I'm on the highway now. Back of my leg starts feeling weird. And I'm going, back of my leg probably is fine. But as someone who deals with anxiety, I'm not going to let this take over my whole day now. Like, is something on my leg? Is it burning my foot? Like, I, this can't be. So I decided to turn around and go home. I go all the way home. I walk in the door. My daughter thinks she I came home because she's doing this, like, routine in the basement where she's a gymnast jumping on her pillows. And my Wife sent me a video, and she's like, you came to see it. And I'm like, definitely. That's exactly why I'm here. Totally. Went down and watched yep. that. Then my wife, as I'm walking back up the steps, goes, why do you smell like gasoline? Yep. <laughs> Explain it to her. Jump in the shower. Change. Get a new set of clothes on. Get back in the car and come this way. That was your boy's day. What a morning. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen to you? No. I'm paranoid about it happening. Like, I, I am legit nervous Are about Are you that. a gas locker, or do you always hold the trigger? No, I'm a, I'm a Craig Lachlan. Like I, I, I locker. But now, you try not to bump it while you're cleaning out your car. Biggest reason right now, by the way, I have an electric vehicle, is the, the whole gas getting thing is something that I, I just don't enjoy doing. I don't like the complications. The I don't money w- of it or the process? All of it. Yeah. All of it. Uh, but that is nerve-wracking. I will tell you, though, I know it's not the lead of the story. The lead of the story is... The gas was shooting out of the gas, out of the gas apparatus everywhere. Yeah. The, you know, you shouldn't have done that lecture afterwards. One of my least favorite things we got going as people. I agree, but you kind of have to wear it a little bit, I think. Totally understood. I, and I get that. As soon as we can move past that to the next step, it's really why I'm here. My wife, who's incredible, leads the league in that. Where I go, hey, I'm coming to you because I've messed up. Mm-hmm. Here's where I messed up. I'm aware of that. What should we do? You know, you shouldn't have messed up. <laughs> yeah, but he, what should we do now? What you should do in the future is not mess up. Okay, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. But what about the now part? Like, what should I do? How should I help? You know what you should do? Not mess up. Okay. Terrific. Glad we had this chat. I thought about just coming to work. 
Just gas like, it up. I don't up. know if Danny will even be able to smell it. We're in a small room all day long. I don't want to risk it. As soon as I get home, the first thing my wife says is, why do you smell like gas? Yeah. It's from the gas that shot but on me. It tells me that I think I made the right call. I think so, too. I'm but, glad you're okay, first of all. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I ever got sprayed. The back of the jeans maybe down toward the shoes a little bit. Because as I said, it was pulling up some. I feel like it's not good for you to have gas on your clothes or on your skin. I can't prove that. I Googled that. Did you? I was like, gas on skin. And weirdly, it's not ideal. They don't want you to rub it all right. over you. I don't. I got the sense. To me, there's like two categories. I need to be worried about this or I can go on with my day. It was more I can go on with my day, I think. But then I get in my own head and I start thinking about what happens if dot, dot, dot. Mm-hmm. Also, we don't work in a place where like I'm not around people. I'm sitting three feet away from someone yep. in a room that's eight by five for five and a half, you know, whatever this is. Mm-hmm. So you guys would have smelled it and dealt with it, and it probably just wouldn't have been worth it. But, uh, yeah, I got to go home and see a gymnastics routine. That is a harrowing morning. Silver linings and so forth, but man, oh, man. I'm still having a better day than Wes Unsell Jr. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, he's a good egg. He's a nice guy. We've had him on the show. Not a particularly successful head basketball coach, though. Here in Washington, and the Wizards made the move today. He is headed to the front office. They are elevating Brian Keefe to the interim head coaching role. Uh, Wes Unsell Jr., uh, the statement they put out, it seems like someone that they really respect in the building. He obviously not only is the son of one of the great legends in organizational history, but he's put in a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of roles uh, in that building. And I think he's got a lot of fans within the organization, including the new brass But the statement today, Danny, after several thoughtful conversations with Wes, we determined together that a change was needed for the benefit of the team. Michael Winger, president, Monumental Basketball, said, Wes embodies the characteristics we value in our organization. His vast basketball experience will be an asset to the front office as we progress toward our long-term goals. He was 77-130 and with the Wizards as a head coach. And you could easily say now, as they're awful this season. They're 7-36. and 36. They're tanking. He's not supposed to be winning. He's supposed to be developing players. But that was not the plan all along. No. He has been here. This is his third season. This is really the first true year that they've been doing this. So it has not gone well. Hired back in 2021. They picked up his option for next year in the fall, right before the season. So he'll be paid through next season as a head coach. But man, are they a tough watch. 7-36. and 36. And they clearly think that this guy, Keefe, the interim coach who's been on staffs with Brooklyn, L.A., the Knicks, the Thunder. In fact, he worked with Winger and Dawkins in Oklahoma City. He was on that staff with the Thunder that got to the finals in 2012. They think he'll do a better job running this team and developing these players for the rest of this season. What is the metric? This is what I'm fascinated by here, right? So if previous, if, if this was a group with the talent and the roster and you know the organizational wherewithal to be the top half of the Eastern Conference, let's say, and you weren't there like the last couple of seasons when they finished with identical 35 and 47 records, that makes sense to me. Sure, totally fine. If the goal here is to build for the future, what are we judging this by? Right. In other words, the, I, I like Wes Unseld fine. He, he was basically brought here to, to field one team to get a group over the top that couldn't they couldn't do it apparently with Scott Brooks and company. That didn't happen. Then they decided, rightly so, by the way, to detonate a flawed, broken, mediocre, playing tournament at best group and try to actually build something great, which is going to take some pain and some time, et cetera. They are bad. They're worse than I thought, by the way. I thought this would be a, a high 20s, maybe you know, 28, 29, 30-win team if everything broke right. I was wrong. It's basically because Jordan Poole is not what I thought and a couple other players haven't really blossomed, and that's fine. I wonder what the metric is. If the metric is 
you're going to lose a lot, but you can't, say, lose a bunch of fourth-quarter leads, or you can't be the worst defensive team in the league, or you can't get out-rebounded by 14 a night. Okay, fine. I'm just curious. I don't think it's those things, if I had to guess. I mean, maybe the defensive problems, which have been a major issue since the day he took over as head coach, and it's not like they don't predate him, but he clearly hasn't had any answers there. They're 29th in the NBA in defense right now. They just give up too many points. Maybe that's a factor. Honestly, I just have to imagine this is more about player development. The the goal is not really truly to win games. You can't fire him because you're not winning games. You can't assign him to the front office and say, we got a guy who's going to do a better job than you on the staff already because of the record. To me, this is about they're clearly seeing either bad habits that aren't being fixed, bad habits being developed, or maybe their ideas on who should be playing when, the minutes they're getting, how they're being used to help develop them aren't the same as his. You know, Maybe they've had meetings where they go, I'm just making something up here, but hey, we think Denny Avdia can do this and this and this, and we want him playing this number of minutes a night, and here's the lineups we want him working with, and we want him to be taking these shots, and they're not getting him those looks with those players, playing him those minutes. I think that's probably more along the lines of what's happening. What's odd is some of the kids are developing nicely, it seems like. Koulibaly, it looks like he could be a stud. Avdi is coming off an awesome game, has some big performances here and there. So it's not like you can say, by and large, that guys are regressing or, or aren't continuing to improve. But my guess is it's usage, and it's maybe philosophical with the development of the young players. And that makes as good a sense as any, honestly. But it's just it's curious. Um, you know, you pick up the extension as you as you kind of mentioned. You, you enter this period where the clue to the goal isn't to win, but here are your other metrics, and I, I want to know what those are. And and your explanation is as good as any. Let me ask you this though: if they internally think right now they should have thirteen wins, I'm I'm just getting going to throw sure. that number yeah. out there, and they've won seven games, and they go, we should have won these three games. We collapsed here. If we do this differently, we win that game. I personally don't think you move on from him because whether you have 13 or 7 wins, seven's probably better, frankly. I mean, it's not a bad thing. As we were saying with Rivera, he's doing everything perfectly down the stretch. Keep losing, climb the draft board. You're doing great, Sweeney. But do you think, in their mind, there's a difference to 13 versus 7 as it pertains to like players not... In the NBA, you can pretty quickly fall into expectations becoming the norm and it's okay to be an embarrassment and go out and know you're going to lose by 18 against a good team every time out. I don't know. I don't think they would care if, if like their algorithm says they should have five more wins, but maybe that's something. And, and again, that's, that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Is it because the way that it's happening, I keep harping on the same things. I've never seen a team get out rebounded like this. Now, part of that is the structure and design. Part of that is they don't have a lot of you know true bigs that Samuel Gafford are bust and Enter Marvin Bagley, who had 15 boards plus last night. By the way, Bagley's been awesome. He's intriguing. I've always been intrigued. Now, I remember that Daniel Gafford's first week or two here, he was also incredible. And I've kind of been chasing that high ever since. Yeah. But Marvin Bagley has been tremendous 100%. since he got here. So he's not a, not a great defender. Um, may as well lean into that and play him some minutes and give up some points. But anyway, part of the dude's story is, part of that is the structure. But the other part is... Kyle Kuzma sprinting down the, the basketball court hoping for an easy layup when it, a 6'10 guy who's that physical should probably be closer to the paint, maybe getting a defensive rebound here or there. Philosophically, I wonder if there's a, there's some headbutting there. I don't know. Again, I don't know what I don't know about this, but I find it fascinating. The other part is this is one of those things where you're not just firing the guy, sending him out into the ether. 
like they're doing in Milwaukee. They're going, we're already paying this dude. He's a good basketball mind. Let's just reassign him within the organization. It tells you that it's, there's not that much animus about it to me. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy. No, but that also, to me, makes it a little more weird, to be honest. Like, if he's not good enough to be your head coach, more often than not, you're just, especially in season, you're not reassigning someone into your organization. That's strange to me. Like, if you're moving on from him, with all due respect to Brian Keefe, I don't know much about him, okay? But if, if, if he is an upgrade, like, we're, we're there, we're... We had to make this move so that Brian Keefe could take over. Strange to me that you got to keep him in the building. But as you said, you're paying him anyway. So it's not like he hasn't done things in the front office before. He's more natural there here than he was even as a coach for many, many years. Speaking of coaching searches, though, the Wizards are not alone in town in having one of those. The latest on the commanders trying to get their guy after not one, but two more hirings since we got off the air Yesterday in the NFL, you're listening to the fan. Grant and Danny on the fan, welcome back. And thank you for making the show part of your day. Kick off your future with the law firm of Condorian Murad. They'll help protect your assets, update your will and trust. Schedule a free estate planning strategy with one of their Fairfax-based attorneys, Visit KMLawyers.com and mention the show to score yourself a discount. That's KMLawyers.com. Coming up in 30 minutes at 3 o'clock when we're joined by David Aldridge to talk about the Wizards reshuffling on their coaching staff. We're going to be giving away a pair of tickets to see 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980, our big live event at Bethesda Theater. It is coming up. It's going to be awesome. February 2nd at 8 p.m. Saw that tickets are still going hot off the shelves, so you got to make sure if you want tickets to get your hands on those now. Junks will be there. Be Mitch and Finley, me and Danny, the guys from Bit Season. It's all presented by Main Street Bank, cheer local, bank local. Put their team in your office. Visit mstreetbank.com for more information. I love that venue. I am pumped. It is a week and a day away, my friend. Live bits. It's going to come quick, isn't it? Yes, indeed. So I actually want to run this by CK. I wonder if we can do the show from the theater over there. they got to have a way to to let us over there early because the last thing I want to do is to get off at 6.30 and try to get over there in rush hour traffic on a Friday. That just sounds terrible to me. That is actually a good point by you. So maybe we can go over there and start broadcasting it too. Or something like that, yeah. Or like, you know, like something happens where it's like, hey, Grant and Danny, you know you guys do way more radio than everybody else? You guys know that, right? Don't do your last 45 minutes or something like that. Just take off at like 5.30, head over there. You know, play like a cool interview or like record something funny. We could do that. Something like that. I just think it would be even more fun to just be at the theater all day. I like what you're saying, though. Just I would s- do that instead. Putting out the vibe, setting up the mood. You know what's, what would be what would sneaky great about that is the food there is awesome at the Bethesda Theater. It's like fantastic. where your head's at. Hmm. You like Rudy's golf all over again. Hmm. Speaking of which, I, I miss Rudy's, man. Just eating and drinking and being merry. Miss going to Rudy's. But if you want tickets, be listening in a half hour at 3 o'clock. That's the bottom line. Because Danny Ruye said so. All right, uh, the coaching search in the NFL. So Ben Johnson to Washington still looks like it's going to happen. Ben Johnson alert. And it's looking even more like it's going to happen at this point. Here's why. As soon as we got off the air yesterday, I mean as soon as your pals got to their cars and started driving out of here, Jim Harbaugh to the L.A. Chargers became official. He was taking that job. So 
That was hiring number four in this cycle of eight teams. Remember, Gerard Mayo, the coach in waiting in New England, got the Patriots job. As soon as it opened, they didn't even have to interview anybody. Antonio Pierce gets the Raiders job. He was the interim there. They took the tag off. So he's now their head coach. Brian Callahan, at the end of last week, became the first hire of an actual interviewing cycle that wasn't already incumbent in-house. The Titans made him their new head coach, replacing Mike Vrabel. So those three guys had been hired. And then last night, Harbaugh to the L.A. Chargers, which was a poorly kept secret. This was a long time in the making. I think he was still trying to leverage them into maybe an extra year or more money. He was scheduled to get on a plane and go take another interview. Uh, He was also talking with Michigan still. But I don't care what anybody says. I know that guy is a hurricane of uh, energy and possible turmoil, and it's going to end badly eventually. You're going to win football games, though, man. That's all that guy does is win football games. It's a gamble worth taking for for a lot of organizations. I'm they because the way the Chargers are, they've got Justin Herbert now. They've got a guy in their mid twenties who's incredible. They've got a couple skill guys that probably don't have a ton of years at a high level left. And Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler, they've got pieces. It's worth it for them, I would think, to do. Let's sign up for the Tasmanian Devil. Let's do this whirling dervish of energy and me and. I'm the story, and there's probably seven scandals, and he's not going to shake hands with a division rival in week four, and that's going to be a feud, and everyone's going to have to comment, and then he's gone in three and a half years, and everything's burning. You might get something special in, the, in those in that window. I, that makes sense to me. Here's Jim Harbaugh's winning percentages everywhere he's been. San Diego, which was in college, 83%. Stanford, 73% of the games he coached in. The San Francisco 49ers in the NFL, when he went to a Super Bowl, was an NFC champion. They won 70% of the games he coached in. And Michigan, 77.5% his winning percentage with the Wolverines where he just won a title. Now, you know what he's doing. He's also running from getting in trouble. I mean, Michigan's probably going to, one way or the other, there's like, I know there's at least two. I thought I saw someone saying there's like three or four open investigations into them right now. Regardless, they're going to get in trouble. He won't be there. This is what happens. These coaches, yeah. they just leave in the middle of the night, man. They go, well, thanks, guys. It's Good been luck fun. with all of that. So it's it's not some altruistic, awesome thing like he's going to L.A. to win for the Chargers and Justin Herbert. The time was right for him to leave Michigan, too. 100%. And, you know, I thought maybe it would be because I saw there was a, a potential clause in his contract where – he wouldn't have any kind of suspension or NCAA violations held against him or something like that, which is highly unusual. That also told you that they think maybe something's coming. So, yeah, this this jump to the NFL. I mean, Pete Carroll did it at US from USC to the pros. You've seen it before. I really liked the Brandon Staley hiring. I thought that was going to work. I was wrong about that. But it, you can't go with a more different guy than Brandon Staley to Jim Harbaugh. And I'm not sure that that's – you know, and necessarily a, a bad thing with, with where they were. But I did see the Chargers tweeted something last night, and I loved everyone's response. So the Chargers, as soon as the, the deal was signed, they tweeted in all caps the, the cheesy who's got it better than us thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, who's got it better than us? And everyone responded and said the Chiefs. The Chiefs. Can't, Kansas City does, man. You know, like, who's got it better than us? We got Jim Harbaugh. The Ravens. So how about them? They're pretty good. I could I could come up with a couple teams that have it better. Maybe than the you. Bills right now. Uh, I mean, even though they lost, it's still pretty good. You guys are that, you're still pretty pedestrian. Have yeah. major injury issues yeah. and need a lot of work around Justin Herbert. Yeah, 
I, I love that because I saw that and I was going to be snarky and I wanted to be like, I mean, the Chiefs, obviously. And then I realized everyone had beat me to it. Yeah. And I was like, I'll set this one out. You know, Chiefs, Niners, Ravens, you know, a couple, a few teams. <laughs> like 11 to 14, <laughs> depending yeah. on how, how we're grading things. Uh, the other hire that was made today, I am fired up for this one. Good for the Panthers. Dave Canales, the only team to interview him in this cycle, I believe. And they give him their coaching job today. He is the offensive coordinator with the Tampa Bay Bucks, who just really helped turn the career around of Baker Mayfield. One year after, as the quarterback's coach in Seattle, he turned the career around of Geno Smith. So you just look at the last couple of years for him now. Between Geno and Baker, you get labeled as a coach who's a quarterback whisperer, and you're 42. Yeah, you're a fixer, young, relatable. And you got abs. Like, you're going to get a head coaching job. I really, really like Canales. I thought more teams should interview him. I'm salty Washington, frankly. Didn't interview him. I can't believe he took a job with David Tepper, which we can get into in a moment. Uh, this could be a one-and-done train wreck kind of job, and you never get another one. But you're guaranteed of five years at, what, $5 million, $25 million? Take the payday. Yeah, I mean, the you're inheriting a project that is bigger than we all thought. I mean, listen, going back to last year, I would have taken Bryce Young first overall, too. I mean, that was the consensus. That was obvious. Everyone saw him play at Michigan. I mean, Michigan, I'm sure. At Alabama. And you're going, there may be some issues here, but he's overcome them his entire life. He is an awesome kid. He's going to be just great in the pros. They were a disaster this past year, and he was awful, quite frankly. So, yeah, you need to bring in that whisper. You need to bring in a, a guy who has now a couple pelts on the wall where he took Geno Smith from afterthought who was going to back up Drew Locke to, you know, 30-plus touchdowns. You, you know, reclamated uh, Baker Mayfield from Wasteland to pretty viable quarterback that Tampa Bay might have to pay. So, yeah, that's a great candidate for that job. Totally agree. I just, I've had a few people text me from around the league, different guys in different roles. After I tweeted out, I said, I can't believe he took this job. And they're like, dude, what are you talking about? Like, there's only 32 of these, and he's he's setting himself up forever. Of course he's going to take the job. And I'm, my point is, how different is he than Ben Johnson was a year ago when he didn't take the job? He told Tepper no thanks, and he went back to work. Is it a, a gamble? Absolutely. But is it more of a gamble than when a player bets on themselves? Like, if I'm Dave Canales, I look like he looks as this, like, in-shape, hot shot. It's kind of what every owner licks their lips over, right? Nobody's trying to hire uh, Andy Reid 2.0. You know, Brian Dable is is not like the the the, the uh, what what all the new coaches look like, generally speaking, right? As a fellow overweight dude, like the fact that you're a good looking, young, ascending offensive play caller, you're gonna be in vogue, I think. Now, maybe his point is, I just went as far as I could go with Baker Mayfield, and maybe he knows I got to jump. Like I can't, I can't. We just made fire with chopsticks, and I can't do this again with Baker. I just would have bet on myself if I'm Canales. I would have said that job is a dead-end gig. That's a reverse car wash. That's the new Washington. And I'm not going to take it. I'll wait till next year and get a job then. But maybe he's confident in himself. Maybe he loves Bryce Young. And maybe it is as simple as I'm just wrong. You get offered $25 million guaranteed. You don't say no. Because when you get fired from that job three years or whatever from now, you're still going to be an OC in the NFL at $3 million a year for the rest of your career. Yeah, but there might also be Tepper years, so maybe one year, maybe you know six months from now. I guess now. that's true. But yeah, but I, it, I, I do get it, right, where 
maybe you're hoping that two things happen. One, you believe in yourself so strongly. You're such a, you know, you, you got this coaching athletic arrogance thing that a lot of these guys have where they go, yeah, I know it's, it hasn't worked here. It hasn't worked for this guy, but I'm different. A lot of guys b- believe that. That's kind of how you get to that spot is to really believe in yourself that you're different than everybody else. And maybe that materializes. Maybe, you know, you look at Houston. Who would ever take that job? Multiple straight years. And then D'Amico Ryans does. You get the lightning strike of C.J. Stroud. Now we think of that situation differently. Maybe he looks at that and goes, I could probably do that too. I wouldn't bet on it because I think Carolina's a disaster. I think Tepper stinks, but whatever. I could see it. The other part is, as you said, my eyeline is now forever changed. I got head coaching money for five years. No one in my family ever has to work again. Worst case scenario, now I'm a, I'm a sought-after OC in totally. a couple of seasons. And, and it, it it is clearly a gamble. Mm-hmm. For me to say, don't take that job, wait till next year. And I think forever, people could say, no one does that. But we have a guy right now that was the number one sought-after coach in this cycle who did it last year, who said, I just don't love these jobs, I'll wait. And everyone thought he was crazy, and it worked out. It's not always going to work out. But I, I think that my bias of having seen what toxicity of terrible ownership does is looming large here. I just wonder if anybody can succeed there. But I, I'm hoping Canales can because I think he's really, really good and really sharp. David Aldridge at the top of the hour in 20 minutes at 3. Looking forward to talking some hoops and Wizards news today with him. Next, though, with Harbaugh in L.A. and Canales in Carolina. Only a couple openings now to still be filled. What's it mean for Washington? We'll get into that on Grant and Danny. Just three-plus more days of a wait until Championship Sunday. We'll be breaking both games down today. AFC, NFC title games slated for 3 and 6.30. Afternoon, evening windows this weekend. By the end of Sunday night, we will know who's matching up in Super Bowl 58, two and a half weeks from now, out in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. But as we were just talking about, there are now five vacancies that have been filled. Mayo to the Patriots, Pierce to the Raiders, Callahan with the Titans, Harbaugh lands with the Chargers, and Canales signs on with the Panthers. Danny, that leaves the Falcons, Seahawks, and Commanders as the three teams still looking for their head coach. All signs pointing to Ben Johnson to Washington. What about the Falcons? Everyone thought Belichick was going there. I would still put money on that. But as they keep doing more and more interviews. They've interviewed, what, 148 people, numbers approximate? I saw 14 14. names someone came up with that are on the publicly on the record as having interviewed with them so far. I still think it'll be Belichick, but it's weird. You'd think if you're hiring Bill Belichick, you're not still doing 11 second-round interviews. So I, I am no genius, and that's obvious. But there's going to be a really good coach, a Hall of Fame coach, or a, a guy with a proven track record or a really excellent head coaching candidate, or maybe multiple, who are going to be left out in the cold this hiring cycle. They're just, there are too many good candidates or candidates that everybody seems to be interested in for the number of jobs. A couple of those surprises, you know, like a, like a Brian Callahan sort of under the radar, getting that Tennessee gig, and, uh, you know, when you remove the interim tag from Antonio Pierce, happy for those guys individually, but you now are saying that's that means no to Anthony Weaver, Mike McDonald, no to Mike Vrabel, no to Bill Belichick, no to Raheem Morris. There, there's a lot more guys, Dan Quinn, I haven't even mentioned. There are a lot of guys with either 
really positive experience, in Belichick's case, maybe the greatest resume ever, uh, a guy that's been really successful not long ago in Mike Vrabel, the up-and-coming superstar head coaching candidates that are going to be left out in the cold. It, it is. It has been very strange. It's been a strange hiring season, I will say. Definitely has. How confident are you in Ben Johnson and the Commanders now? It's either Atlanta, Washington, or Seattle. I don't think the Seahawks and Ben Johnson make a whole lot of sense. You're not going there. It's a bad quarterback situation on paper with Geno going into the next year of his deal. They can't really trade up for or take a quarterback. They'd have to move a ton, give up a lot of assets to get into QB range. Atlanta's at least in a spot where they could spend on one in free agency. So if you sit down with Arthur Blank and he tells you, hey, we've actually talked a little bit to Mike McCartney and Cousins is interested maybe in landing here. We could pair you with Kirk in free agency perhaps. I guess that would be compelling to him. But I still think Washington by a mile better job than both Atlanta and Seattle if you're Ben Johnson. My confidence level is 80%, which probably might seem low to you. These billionaires, man, stuff happens. Someone decides whatever, whatever your best offer is, I'll add 20% to it. Someone decides I'll give you uh, personnel control. Someone decides I'll, I'll get your uh, entire family a job in the organization, making high-level decisions that are probably above their pay grade. Somebody offers something because they don't, they're tired of losing. They're tired of the, the candidate that they want going somewhere else. Or somebody tells them this is the guy. Until it's done, which is why I want it done immediately, it's not done. I don't know who the Seahawks are going to hire. I have the, the least kind of feel for that. But it does now look like Raheem Morris may not get a head coaching job in this cycle, which I would have bet against. And the other one is Mike McDonald of the Ravens may not get a job. Right. I guess it's possible he could get Atlanta and people will be surprised. But I think that's Belichick, and if it's not, it's Vrabel, who's another guy maybe that gets frozen out. I know. That was my point. It, it's yeah. unbelievable. If you're the Seahawks, if you you can't hire Dan Quinn with Mike Vrabel out there, right? Isn't Mike Vrabel just a better version of Dan Quinn? I think so, but there's a Seattle tie there. Because, again, there's an yeah, affinity so because what? Legion of Boom. I mean, it's been a lot of years ago. Well, so what to you and me? I agree with you. I, I'm, I'm, I'd slam the gavel and say that's irrelevant. I don't think they would. They care because he was the coordinator there? Yeah. Ownership does? I think there's an affinity for Dan, for, uh, Dan Quinn. Hmm. Maybe. Now, I'd hire Mike Vrabel ready now. And then now, and then now. I would stop messing around if I'm Seattle, and I would hire him now. All right, so prediction time. We'll both go with Commanders Ben Johnson. You said 80%. Yeah. I'm up over 90%. I think 97%. Falcons. Because they have interviewed so many people. Uh, I'll say Belichick still. Chalky. I'll take Belichick as well. Seahawks. I'm still going to save Rabel. I'm still going to say it. I'm going to go with. Hmm. <sighs> Boring. I guess I'll go with Dan Quinn. Just because as soon as he got basically that first interview, every national person was like, Dan Quinn to Seattle makes a lot of sense. Put it in ink. So I'm going to confirm my priors on that one, I guess. It's chalky for me, but. If that happens, no Vrabel, no McDonald, no Raheem. You know, so much talk about all the defensive-minded, defensive-minded hires. I guess to some extent, there weren't as many offensive guys. But none of us had Bobby Slowick landing anywhere then? Forgot about little Bobby. Little Bobby's not going to get a job in this cycle? No. 
I think I think he doesn't. I think it's a How little early. That? I think it's a. I think next year he'll be the Ben Johnson. What's more surprising, if Bobby Slowick doesn't get a job in this cycle, or Mike McDonald, or Mike Vrabel? Vrabel to me would be the most stunning. I would go Slowick or, or Belichick. Of... <laughs> if he doesn't get one, be the yeah, most stunning. I still think Atlanta for him as well. All right, David Aldridge joins us next. Legend and a Hall of Famer when it comes to talking hoops. Got to get to the bottom of the Wizards' decision today to replace Wes Unsell Jr. as their head coach. Also, top of the hour, as soon as we return, we're giving away two tickets to go see our live event at Bethesda Theater on February 2nd. Buy your tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.